Hi, this is meteorologist Don Paul. Welcome to my podcast. And of course, if you're enjoying the podcast, please share the word. Keyboard, mouth, it all helps. Weather, climate, and science. Today, I'm going to focus on the key element of climate. I haven't touched on climate recently in uh, the episodes. CO2, last global average measurement during this past month is 415 parts per million. What does that mean? Before the Industrial Revolution, we know that we averaged about 280 parts per million. How do we know this? Paleoclimatology, uh, ice core samples and sediment samples dug up with precise measurements of how much CO2 was in the atmosphere, say in 1850, compared to what we have now. And the increase measures, according to NASA and other scientific agencies, 47%. That is a huge increase in this very strong greenhouse gas, and it continues to rise. We did see reductions in uh, the mid-90s in the United States when more and more utility companies switched from coal to natural gas to generate electricity, and again during the 2008 Great Recession, and again early this past year when the pandemic took hold, world economic activity shrunk to a point where CO2 increases didn't disappear, but dropped off sharply. And there were some regional lowering amounts of CO2 found in the atmosphere. There has been enough economic recovery in China and other industrialized nations, including the United States, to renew the increase. Now, another gas which is increasing, which is a much more powerful greenhouse gas, is methane. However, the shelf life of methane molecules in the atmosphere is much shorter than the shelf life of CO2. In other words, methane is known to persist in the atmosphere for about 12 years before it filters out, where CO2 molecules, through tracking of various isotopes, now are believed to be able to persist in the atmosphere if they get up high enough to over a thousand years. Now, a vast quantity of CO2 is absorbed by the oceans, which serve as a great carbon and heat sink. They absorb a lot of the excess heat and a lot of the extra CO2. Otherwise, levels in the atmosphere would be much higher than the already high 415 parts per million, and temperatures in the atmosphere would be much warmer than they already are. Um, Methane, while it has a short shelf life, does produce a lot of heating. And CO2-induced warming has led to the release of more methane from the tundra, from cold seabeds, through the warming temperatures, more methane is escaping. And while it has a shorter shelf life, the impact of the heating methane produces is not any less than the impact from the heating produced by CO2. Our agricultural technologies also lend a great deal of extra methane to the atmosphere through, yes, cow flatulence, you've heard that, and the agricultural processes in general. So we continue to be headed in the wrong direction. It's fully understandable while the thought, why the thought of global warming takes a back seat psychologically to the grave crisis humanity now faces in the pandemic. But this is going to be going on, this global warming long after the pandemic recedes in its impacts, and hopefully we'll begin to see some recession gradually developing next year, assuming an efficacious vaccine gets out there and is taken by enough people to get a little more immunity in the general population. In the meantime, though, 
it is not a total cry of doom coming from climate scientists on trying to slow global warming. It is, in the estimate of most climate scientists, well worth the effort to do whatever we can to reduce the amount of fossil fuel usage because there is a vast difference in the impacts from a worst case scenario of global warming continuing through the century versus a best case scenario. Huge impact difference. The best case scenario is still bad news. We're already seeing the bad news. We're seeing not more hurricanes in general, although this year we did, but more intense hurricanes. We're seeing sea level rises increase in the rate of rise. The negative impacts from warming in a worst case scenario are incredibly far more serious than those from a best case scenario. In other words, whatever expenses are incurred in slowing the rate of fossil fuel can be balanced uh, by the technology and job increases in alternative energy sources. That is not my field of expertise, so I'll leave it to economists and engineers to deal with that. But also, the amount of sea level rise can make the difference to tens of millions of people having to evacuate areas on the coastal plain, which will inevitably flood, like much of the Florida Peninsula, the great cities on the East Coast, New York City, other cities around the world. In fact, uh, Indonesia is moving their capital because it is being inundated. That certainly cost that country uh, an untold number of billions of dollars. So the basic message here is the news on climate change is bad, but pardon the cliche, it could be worse and it will be worse if after we deal with this grave crisis of the pandemic, we don't get back on the job and start doing what we can to reduce the use of fossil fuel and eventually later in the century, get away from it altogether. Uh, it's foolhardy to think we can do that, getting away from it altogether in the next decade. But long after you and I are gone, we will have needed to get to that point later in the century to avert inevitable large-scale disasters. Thanks for listening this far, and I will be talking again with you very soon.